Hello, and welcome to the first episode of my newly retitled Down the Fandom Hole Conversations with Ayaka Spencer. My first guest is Douglas Among Us. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, my name is uh, Douglas. Uh, Douglas Among Us uh, is my handle at most social media and AO3, and, and you can probably find me. Uh, I think there's one other Douglas Among Us that I found that doesn't have like, a, I do Douglas underscore Among Us, and there's one Douglas Among Us that uh, I have found that doesn't have an underscore. So it depends. It's kind of a toss up, but I'm the I'm the nerd one and he's not. So it's pretty easy to find that out. <laughs> uh, and I am a writer Novelist, NaNoWriMo evangelist, part-time vagabond, full-time creative. So how have you been? Good, good. Just uh, writing, staying around the house. Oh, have you been adding more to your domestic corp? Uh, not right now, just because I'm in the middle of NaNo, um, but probably do that once I'm done with NaNo. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am doing terribly with NaNo. I've pretty much abandoned it. I haven't done anything this week at all. <laughs> That's that's all right. That's a that's a typical first year. Really? Okay. Yeah. Was that what it was like for you your first year? Uh, yeah, I kind of I got into it and kind of kept up the pace. I hadn't done it before, so I didn't really know kind of all the techniques I knew now, and ended up kind of stopping about the second week, which ended up working because that was the same Thanksgiving my grandfather died, so I wouldn't have been able to continue anyways. So. Oh my goodness! I'm so sorry. No, it's all right. I was no. This was. 10 years ago, but uh, I learned a lot that first year about kind of what it takes for me to get to it. And the next year I came back and did it. So you came back and you did it the second year and it was much easier. I wouldn't say easier. I had a much better handle on what to expect, especially for myself. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me on my first year so far, it's been like, I've been doing everything else but NaNoWriMo. And yep. like thinking about the story, but never sitting down to write it. Or the, I'll think about my fanfic instead or about um, the fanfic I'm helping help button 95 with. And mm-hmm. so, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. just like everything but NaNoWriMo is a priority. So, yeah. So what would you say is like the most important thing for someone who is starting off with NaNoWriMo to really like be okay with? Um, I was actually thinking about this today, uh, that NaNoWriMo, like, like a lot of personal challenges, you know, um, with the exception of something like no shave November, which is just, you know, stop doing something. Um, Mm -hmm. but like personal challenges, like to, to get to do something, especially like little daily challenges, whether it's, you know, writing every day or drawing every day or, or, you know, uh, doing yoga every day, all of them they're all different, but they all have the the same thing in common and that the nature of the challenge itself, like the, the overt thing that you're challenging yourself to do is usually like, if it's anything, it's 49% of what you're actually dealing with. Mm -hmm. And the other 51% is yourself. It is everything else. And in that way, it that's very appropriate for NaNoWriMo because that is very much the hero's journey. Um, when we talk about stories, if you you name any story, you can kind of name the central conflict of the story, which is usually, you know, hero and bad guys, you got to stop the bad guy. But when you actually like get down into the nature of story and the nature of the hero's journey, what we often find is that that challenge is, is there and it, it, uh, 
it is present, but the real challenge is usually something internal. It's usually something personal to the hero, which is the nature of the hero's journey is never fight the monsters. It is fight yourself. And so the nature of the challenge, the daily challenge, and especially in NaNoWriMo, it is to do the writing. But the the actual challenge and what you have to kind of face up and what you end up, if you, you do it, learning a lot about is is yourself. You are the challenge. And it is about overcoming the things that might get in the way, whether those are uh, internal and external. It's usually both. Uh, it's about overcoming your own kind of maybe apathy or your own fear that you, you're not going to be able to do it. It's about overcoming your own inertia. Um, and that's that's the biggest thing, especially with, with writing, is that it's usually the hardest thing is to start. Once you've started, you, you can usually kind of get in that zone. Um, but the hardest thing is to start. And that's really what you're overcoming with NaNoWriMo. So National Novel Writing Month, what you get at the end of it is a novel. And that's just part of, you know, that's the, obviously the challenge is to write 50,000 words towards a novel. What you end up learning and what you end up overcoming is is obviously not the novel itself. It's not the novel's fault that you haven't written it. What you overcome is yourself. So NaNoWriMo, in a very real sense, the challenge is you. And doing that, you know, whether it's one year or doing that, whether it's November or another type of year or any kind of challenge, it's, it's very similar to that, is that the real challenge and the thing you, you may not believe, but the thing that's going to help you get through it is understanding that the real challenge is something other than the activity that you have chosen to challenge yourself with. Wow, that's that's very thought provoking, at least for myself, because Thank you. I, I know that um, when I think about the thought of writing this story that I've had in my head for like a couple of years and the fact that it wants to get out, but for whatever reason, I keep holding it back. Like, am I able to really write this story? Can I get all the characters to say what I want them to say, interact how I want them to interact. Can I build the world to make it something that will make readers want to read it aside from the, aside from the um, plot and the, the idea I have? Is it something that would translate for readers? You know, and I'm, am I just putting all this pressure on myself instead of just letting the story kind of bloom and unfold? as opposed to trying to see if it's something that people are hankering myself down with people's thoughts that I have no control over, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting how you phrase that. We ostensibly are putting the, the pressure on like, am I going to write something that's going to be well received? But if you notice how you phrase that, it's always, can I do this? Am I capable of communicating the idea I have to others? Can I build this world? Can I write these characters? Can I take this story and translate it to paper in a way that honors the story? It's not the story that's the problem. And it's not really other people that are a problem either. It's it's us or our perception of our own ability. Can I do this? And that's the challenge you take up with Nano. And that's the challenge you take up you know, outside of Nano of creating anything is can I do this? And that's that's the essence of creativity. And what I've learned from Nano is how to tap into that and realize that 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 doubt, that hesitation, that that sense of can I do this is part of the process. And how you create is not finding ways to such that you don't feel that way, but 
doing it anyway, of hearing that voice, tell, uh, hearing yourself tell yourself, I don't know if I can do this, and going and proving it wrong just by doing it. And you're never going to be the, the the hardest thing for any creative to understand is you're never going to be in a place where you don't have that doubt. It's, it's just part of the process. Overcoming it is how you get good at it. Um, I've done nano for 10 years and every single November 1st, I will sit down at my computer and stare at a blank, you know, uh, document with my story. And I will have very clear as day, the thought that I cannot do this. And I've proven that thought wrong for a, a solid decade now in a row. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm come to realize it doesn't matter. Uh, some years have been better. Some years have been worse. Some years I've, I have uh, organized some years. I have just done seat of the pants it's been a different story every single year. No amount of circumstances are ever going to create an environment where that, that thought doesn't happen. I've come to realize that is just step one of the process. It's not about being you being a better writer. I, you can be a better writer and you will be a better writer. Even when you become the best darn writer you can be, that voice is still going to be there because that's just step one. You listen to it, you acknowledge it, and then you go and do it. And that's, that is just it. There's no... There's no magic formula, which if there was, I would I would be all over it. But there just there isn't. And it's just part of the process of accepting that your doubt exists and then going and just proving it wrong by doing it. I think for me, because I write fanfic so much and I engage mm -hmm. in such a uh, open sphere of fanfic dumb. <laughs> that's probably mm -hmm. not a word. But, you know, I've started this podcast and I write um, fan fiction for Supercorp, and then I help yep. beta fan fiction for Supercorp. And it's not like for myself, I think what ends up happening is that I can go, I don't have to doubt whether or not I can write my own original story because I can write these stories based off of these characters that I know and love and other people know and love. And so it's kind of like, okay, well, I don't need to feel this. Um, unease and uncomfortableness if I can just push it forward into uh, something that I know will be well received even if maybe it's terribly written which thankfully I don't think it is but maybe that's me being unhumble about being uncomfortable right but mm -hmm. I don't just I'm kind of scared to be uncomfortable in this I think but like mm -hmm. you said it's it's moving forward and then finding out that yes I can do it and meeting the challenge and growing in another way, in another facet of your life. Exactly. And that's, and that's the central, that's, that's the point. Uh, what I tell people all the time when they, you know, people who are not, you know, NaNoWriMo uh, people who are always like, oh, I'm amazed you can do that. Or, you know, I don't think I could ever do that, which is a common reaction. Uh, and a lot of people ask, well, you know, kind of why, um, why would you do that? Because as of as of this point, I'm I'm not yet published. It's something I am interested in doing, and I think I have some ideas that it could work for that. That's a little bit longer term kind of thing. But the natural question is, well, why do it if there's you know we talk about it this being a challenge, but what you win is you don't really win anything except the novel that you just you know spend a month writing. But the whole point is that is that is that personal growth. The whole point is to face yourself. Um, and overcome that in some small way. And, and that's what it allows you to do. And in the process, you get to create something. Um, but what, I, what I've realized 
And this goes far beyond NaNoWriMo. This goes far beyond writing of any kind. It's just creativity in general is about that. It is about facing yourself either by just doing the thing you're not sure you want to do or just doing the thing you really want to do because you want to do it. And fan fiction is such a great example of that. There have been, you know, some notable exceptions of people who have, you know, written fanfic and somehow turned that into something. Um, right, but like the Fifty Shades of Grey lady. Yeah, or the Fifty Shades of Grey, or there was some, oh, I forget what it is. Uh, I think it was the novel Shipped, um, which I'm, I'm going to blank on the author. The author who wrote that started out, I believe, writing Supernatural uh, fanfic. Nice. Um, and turned that into... I'm not going to say it's a great novel, but did turn that into a novel um, of kind of their experience with that. And that's kind of what the novel is about. But for the most part, for the vast majority of fan fiction, especially on a place like Archive of Our Own, it's just really about doing that for the love of the game. It's you, you, you can't make money off it. That's kind of, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're not per profit. People are just putting it out there because they have an idea because they want to do that. A little bit to kind of, you know, for the enjoyment of others. And there's lots of you know, communities in that, which are, are fantastic. But mostly just people are putting it out there because they they like something and they want to they want to contribute to it. They want to write about it. They have an idea and, you know, search tags for popular Supercore, I think, is, is either the first or second most popular, uh, you know, ship on AO3. Um, you look at just the tens of thousands of people of different stories of just people writing because... They want to, and that's 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 creativity at its finest and its most distilled. And I think that is fantastic. And I just I love the thought of it. So, what would you do if you were to publish one of your novels? Would you do self publishing, or would you try to be more traditional in the sense? I think it would depend on the idea. I have I have self published. It wasn't a novel; it was sort of a memoir. Um, it was mostly a depression journal, but um, so I have, I have done the kind of self-publishing thing. That was mostly, I knew the, the idea itself was just kind of off enough that it was, it wasn't long enough. It wasn't really niche enough to kind of, to be worth kind of shopping it out. So it's just kind of easier to go the self-publishing route. And I did learn a lot from that. I do have some ideas that probably could work in that way. But I do have, you know, one or two ideas that I would really like to have a more traditional, um, traditional publishing for, and I know that could work because the ideas themselves are, for lack of a better term, uh, marketable. And I didn't write them to be marketable, but after writing them, I kind of looked at them and said, "Oh, this is marketable. This is something that is, you know, could work um, in mainstream." So, so. I think it kind of, it depends on the idea. I do have ideas. I think it could work for both. So what's holding you back right now? Oh, just, you know, <laughs> any number of things. Um, I just, this is the same kind of thing. And I fully, fully embrace the fact that I, I am a hypocrite and that I just had this whole NaNoWriMo speech that I do give people. <laughs> um, and I have done it. I am, you know, not, not too proud to say that I am, I'm good at it, but at the same time, it is fear. Um, I could, I could give an example of like, well, I don't know how to start or so on and so forth. Or, you know, do I send out, you know, slush to a publishing house or I find, I find an agent. How do I find an agent? So there's a lot of questions that I could try to ask myself, but at the deep down, I know that the, it's that same fear 
It's that, is this really good? Or have I fooled myself into thinking it's good? And just being, knowing I would be devastated if that turned out to be the truth. And I put it out in the world and it just got rejected. And it's the same kind of thing. I know deep down in my heart that I'm not going to be in a position where that fear isn't a part of it. That mm -hmm. when I make that decision or when I finally make that step and I'm, I'm hoping to do that soon and, you know, stuck inside right now. So why not start now? But I know that when I do that, it's going to be, it's not going to be in the situation of like, I have overcome the fear. It is going to be the situation was I'm doing it while still afraid. Yeah, that's it, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to step forward completely still in your fear and be okay with the outcome of maybe falling on your face, you know, and then mm -hmm. you'll pick yourself back up, step forward again, step forward again. Maybe you'll fall. Maybe you won't. Maybe you do fall. You pick yourself up and it's just that constant that constant uncertainty that kind of can, if you let it, will grip you and stop you and paralyze you from keep moving forward. Just yep. <laughs> like a, I don't, who says that? Yeah, um, just keep swimming, right? Like Dory says mm -hmm. in um, Finding Nemo. But damn, that is scary as fuck. <laughs> Forgive my language. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely understand. So since we are in a pandemic, what are kind of some of the things you do for self-care? Are you able to like visit friends or do you go out? What kind of has become your, I guess, rituals of dealing with the crazy that is now? Oh, that's, that's a long list and it depends on the week. Um, I think I have, I started to realize that, you know, I think we're all kind of coming to the terms that we, we are in a different phase of this kind of thing. I remember starting in quarantine kind of like, okay, time to pick up some hobbies. And I, um, I picked up the, the, uh, the tongue drum and, uh, bought myself that and kind of started that as sort of a, a little a ritual. And I do that occasionally and just wait, that's the one that's shaped like a UFO. Kind of, it's a much smaller, it's the same. It's a basically a metal drum. Um, mine is, it's much smaller than the kind of big ones you see, um, that it kind of set me sin in people's laps, but the same basic concept. Um, so a lot of, and then that, that's kind of reminiscent. A lot of my self-care has been creativity. I don't, um, I, where I'm currently at, uh, in, uh, the twin cities in Minnesota is farther away from most of my family where we're kind of spread out. So can't really travel, have a little bit just in, in short bursts, but mostly living alone, like my, my myself. So a lot of the, that self-care tends to be, you know, some kind of what might be labeled distraction, but, um, realizing it's just creative effort wherever I can find it. Uh, so little music, little drawing, um, lots of, uh, just, spare world building. And if, you know, for me, world building has always been associated with like a story, but I uh, did discover the last couple of years, uh, just D and D and table, uh, tabletop RPGs, which I haven't had an opportunity to play just because of uh, social constructs right now. Um, but it's something that allows me to world build. So I'd be do that in my free time. And uh, above all the kind of most consistent thing I've been doing is just writing, um, which is uh, very ironic that this was the year that I really started fanficking, like posting it on AO3 started in about January of this year before this all, you know, happened, uh, which is a good thing because that's been kind of a consistent thing uh, that I've been able to do um, 
while quarantined or why just, you know, sticking at home and trying to maintain the sanity. Uh, so that's, a uh, that's something I've really relied on, um, in the past uh, number of months to, to keep me going and to just have that kind of touchstone of this is something I'm creating and this is something I'm putting out in the world. And it's this kind of, especially when you're alone, it's nice to have that reminder of I exist, even if it's just to post this to a website. Yes, that's true. Right. And then there's that, there's that slight fear of how will it be received, even though it's got such a loyal fandom and following. Yeah. And that's, and that's the same thing is that every story is like that. Every time I post a chapter, it's, it's going to be like that. There's this fear of like, is this the one, you know, that doesn't get as many hits or as many kudos? Is this the one that gets the bad comment, which, you know, knock on wood have not really had to deal with too much yet. Um, and, but that's, again, that fear is part of it. And, but you just, you keep putting things out there and, you know, in our best moments, we would admit that it's not really about getting the kudos or the comments or the the number of hits. It's just about, you know, creativity for its own sake. Um, but at the same time, those are nice things. And I've, I've been able to um, meet people, obviously. I'm doing a podcast because of it. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much, sure. by the way. Yes, of course. And there is, you know, positive social aspects that are uh, you know, are associated with that. And I don't think it's, it's entirely bad to kind of to exult in that and say, these are good things. And yeah, so it's, it's the, the fear is always going to be there. Even if, you know, I posted uh, about, I guess, three or four stories now, you know, and then numerous chapters associated with them. So I've, I've, you know, done probably a hundred posts maybe by now between those. And continuing to post and continuing to write. And again, I've been writing for a while. This wasn't my first year writing, but that fear is, it's always kind of there. And it's just, it's literally about doing it anyways. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes. Every single day, right? Yep. Even the stuff that's not related to fanfic or Ooh, yes. creativity. Well, like when you have to leave your house and you're like terrified that someone might have put, um, the vid. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't, I don't know if I should go into this grocery store today. <laughs> you know, especially if your numbers have been high, but those numbers are like for two days from two days ago. And you're like, this is just terrible. Yeah. Or at least that's what goes on in my head before I have to leave and go grocery shopping. So thankfully it's, there's places that are open really early in the morning. So like mm -hmm. 3 a.m. I'm going grocery shopping. <laughs> Because almost nobody is there because no one's willing to wake up at 3 a.m. to go grocery shopping. So that's where I take control back. That's yeah. where I take control back. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's that in little ways. And this is definitely a year of, I, I don't even think it's about a year of being uncomfortable. I think it's about a year of becoming comfortable being uncomfortable. Because it's, if we really look at all the things that are happening right now, there are new things. Mm -hmm. But they're the results of really old things. It's nothing that nothing that is happening right now in the sense of falling apart is not something that fell apart overnight, but something that um, either we've ignored or you've you know, set the status quo as our, our, you know, our God and just kind of kept it up and to the point that we can't anymore. So it's it's not really about like, oh, what have we done wrong this year? It's, it's about, well, what have we done wrong the last 10 years? And 
understanding that that comfort of what we would call comfort and convenience we are seeing now is is a product of um oppression and ignorance and just is kind of forced of it's it's the oldest you know trick which is you know put on a smile and be happy and realizing that that actually doesn't fix anything and i think a lot of people are coming to terms with that and this is the kind of year of of us of, all, of us all admitting oh no this is actually how this is how you live it's not about getting to a place where you are completely comfortable it's about understanding accepting the uncomfortability yeah that's true so why fan fiction especially the super court fanfic um fan fiction i realize i i continually like wake up and realize oh i've been doing this for a long time um fanfic is just something i it's probably the oldest form of writing for me, uh, I could probably make it some kind of master's dissertation argument. That's a, maybe the oldest form of writing out there. Um, but fanfic is just something I've been doing for a long time, either on paper or just in my head. Even as a kid, kind of you you pick you pick characters you see on TV, you know, Power Rangers or Star Trek or something. You kind of put yourself in that world. That's the oldest form of play and pretend. You know, we take elements of these things that already exist, and then we use them as kind of uh, training wheels to to create ourselves and to understand our own creativity uh so i always been a creative like that i you know obviously especially with nanowrimo mostly doing um things that are original works um but fanfic was always something i came back to kind of just as uh, a way to let my brain kind of play you know when it doesn't necessarily want to work on something serious i would watch a movie and this is this is a bad habit but i have a i have a habit of watching a movie and then rewriting it in my head to make it better, just assuming that I know how to make it better. Um, and something I would do, and occasionally I would just kind of write down because I really needed to write it down, but nothing really ever came of it. Um, and then this year, uh, I think it was about the holidays of last year, which uh, I was also home alone for a little bit while not not pandemic related, just um, how work and, and some other stuff happened, um, that I was home alone kind of just wanting something to do and realized that I had always been toying around with this idea in my head of kind of a story. And I was aware of archive our own had read a lot of other stories on it and realized I could, I could do that. And that's something that I hadn't done just cause I didn't feel like I wanted to, or I didn't feel like I could kind of the, the same kind of thing. I didn't feel like I was good enough to put it out there. Um, and then just kind of made the decision over the holidays. I'm going to sit and write this down. And it's going to be my project and it's going to be something to do. And then I'm going to publish it because why the heck not? Um, and so that was kind of my first foray into published um, fanfic. And I think specifically for Supercore, which is not the only fanfic I've written, but the only one so far that I published on Archives of Our Own, uh, that came about just because I just, I really like the ship. I don't actually... I haven't watched too much of the show since like season two kind of, you know, I got a little bit miffed with it just with some bad mm -hmm. writing and I'm sensitive to that. So I will, I will drop it like a hot potato, but liked the concept, like the characters liked what other people were doing with, with the pairing and just got this. I had this idea in my head for an original story. And so I thought, why, why not me? Which is a good place exactly. to start for creativity and, hit the publish button and 
you know, it, it worked. I managed to get, you know, a, a number of, of views and kept doing it. And then just kind of, it became, it became a part of my life. It became a part of a regular part of my creativity. That's true. Fan fiction is great for that freedom of platform mm -hmm. and being able to uh, shift the characters and manipulate them into different storylines, especially the Supercorp fandom. I, I found it's very good at that stuff. So yeah, fanfic allows for a lot more freedom. And I think the Supercorp fandom is much more geared towards it because it allows so much diversity, especially when you're, at least in my view, especially when you talk about Lena and Kara mm -hmm. and the ups and downs that they basically go through because of all their histories coming from behind them as well. You know, Kara's been lying to her for three, three or four years and suddenly, you know, she finds out and you know takes it to an extreme and you know and then you can build from there you can just completely whitewash the last four years and you can just start something new and build from there yeah and i think i think that's one of the the great things um that you can see when you have such good raw material and realizing that it's it's not just um, it's not just the characters themselves, it's the mix of the characters. It's, uh, I think a lot of it is kind of informed about the, informed by the portrayal of the actors. Um, and you just, when you have that kind of perfect mix of like, oh, this is really good. And then you add a little bit of the fan fiction, which is a little bit unavoidable. The, the feeling of, oh, they're not doing a great job with it. Let me fix that. Mm -hmm. um, which is where a lot of fanfic is born. But you, when you, you look at kind of the diversity of, of Supercore and I don't have, you know, numbers on this as far as like number of AUs or number of stories, but I feel like just a casual search through AO3 is going to give you a lot of stuff. Um, and, you know, so many tags and different kind of just the variety of, of stories and kind of you put it that I think it, it's due to that kind of that, that wonderful kind of chemistry you have with the characters and that they have, they have history and they have background and they have personality and there's just enough there to interest you. And then a lot there that you can just, you can pull out and do when you want to focus on, uh, you want to focus on the friendship. You want to focus on uh, the tension. Do you want to focus on the line? Do you want to focus on what, or do you just want to draw these two people in another environment without, maybe without superpowers, maybe, you know, uh, in a coffee shop, maybe, as high schoolers, what do you want to do with that? When do, how do you want to explore that? And uh, it as as a ship and as a tag, it's got a lot of potential there. Um, and I think that that is definitely illustrated by the the sheer number and variety of stories uh, that we get of that. Yeah, no. If I just hit Cara, uh, Cara Danvers, and Lena Luther the tag, it just comes up with so many. Mm -hmm. choices to choose from you have slow burned you have smut filled plot uh porn with no plot you've got yeah. you know just cr crazy out of these worlds angst fests or fluffy fluffy like cool wit moments you're just like oh my god it's like a sweet tooth is happening in your mouth as you read or your eyes as you read this and it's just it's nice, you know? Mm -hmm. I enjoy reading as many fanfics as I possibly can, which is also the reason why I wanted to start this and I'll, um, hopefully have people on for conversations about their work. And, like, you know, you decided to make uh, a world where Kara and Lena are able to create a baby, like, out of the um, 
birthing matrix on Krypton, you know, and if I, re- um, that's correct, right? I think, I think I remember that correctly. Or um, she created some sort of machine. Uh, not, I mean, it's, it's similar. I know there are other stories where they kind of use the birthing matrix and that's kind of a, a Kryptonese uh, sort of, uh, that's part of the kind of fandom on the technology of Krypton. Uh, mine was more kind of artificial insemination. Um, I don't, I didn't bother too much with the science, but there was just enough that like, oh, well, you could probably, if you, you know, titanium tools and red sun radiation, you could probably extract the genetic material you would need and then basically kind of artificially inseminate um, that and then have Lena carry that to term. Uh, but obviously, you, you that's just the way I chose. I know there are other stories that kind of went the more sci-fi of in, internal to the story kind of uh, picking something like a, a birthing matrix. But yeah. Wow, I am so sorry about that. No, um, okay. I was like, I thought it was, th- yeah, I'm sorry, but no, I love this story. The you get to see it from Elle's frame of mind and how she views her parents, and then how she's growing up. And I've kind of wondered why did you break? Why did you put the series in such a almost backwards kind of way? Because like the first one is actually the newest one with the domestic orc, which is just a bunch of random stories, and then you know the two and the three make more sense. Uh, yeah, that was just a kind of a product I had. The first idea I had was, um, was last daughter. And that's kind of, we see L 18, um, spoiler alert, not yet having powers, um, kind of dealing with, with that sort of coming of age story. Uh, then if you look at the collection, domestic or is sort of part one. And I put that more as a chronological thing because most of the stories it deals with, are prior to uh, Last Daughter and then obviously New Supergirls following Last Daughter. So that was just kind of a product of publishing. I I had seen other people do series and kind of mix it up there. I had the idea for Last Daughter and that was kind of the first um, story that I made. And while making it, wasn't really sure if I was going to make any others. Had, had a little bit of ideas, but in the process realizing like, oh, I could write other things with that. And that's kind of where New Supergirl came in. It's kind of a natural extension. And then Domestic Horror just became this kind of grab bag of uh, a really a really easy way to just kind of write um, one-shots and ficlets in this, in this kind of mini-universe that I had created, which is somewhat canon-compliant. Um, but just kind of looking at their history, especially um, that's a little, where you get a little more of the the super core car of Carolina relationship, seeing it build, seeing it grow, looking at them years on into their marriage, looking at them as dating, uh, raising L and just kind of looking at little snapshots. And I think if there was, if there's a theme of the series, I think it's just comes back to the, um, <laughs> my own personal desire uh, that I'm, I'm just, I am, I am a, a slut for uh domestic fluff it's sweet right i love domestic (laughs) fluff too almost as much as i like smut so it's just like (laughs) i think i and i think fanfic does this really well especially in a in a very kind of like attainable like if i want to go and read something soft and nice i can go find it um and it's nice to just kind of search the uh the fluff tag on supercore or another kind of fandom and be like oh this is nice and it's something that doesn't happen a lot with mainstream kind of literature out there, which is to write something that is for the purpose of just being soft. Um, 
and you can have conflict and you know uh, the the longer form stories that i do have and that do have conflict but a lot of it is just kind of there for that domestic fluff and for me that's not just kind of the part of that is just the selfish desire of i like i like writing it i like reading those but i think at the same time that we don't have a lot of and maybe this is is why fanfic exists we don't have a lot of avenue or outlet or media to consume that is built for that a lot of what we consume and you can see this on the on the the source material on the show itself a lot of it tends to be drama for drama's sake because that's how you get views that's how you you hold on to viewers and you kind of have to to tease them if you um there's this feeling in in writing especially for television that if you let your characters be happy suddenly people are going to tune out and i don't believe in that at all but we can see how that's become this kind of mainstream thing of well we can't we can't do a just a happy fun episode where everyone goes to the beach um so instead we write the happy fun episode where everyone goes to the beach and post on archive of our own um so a lot of a lot of my writing and it, it's definitely if you look at some of the my original works versus what i i have posted on archive of our own that tends to be kind of my safe haven that's where i go mm -hmm. to write something that is purposely soft it doesn't have to be um ne not necessarily like super deep or philosophical like some of the, the things it doesn't have to be a character study it doesn't have to be dramatic it can just be that kind of oh this is nice and i enjoyed writing it and mm -hmm. that's all it has to be and for me what it serves for me is very much that safe haven because i can write things i i'm writing a story right now and most of the stories i you know that's part of it where they have deep issues and there's conflict and that and that is something i can write and i i like to think i write well but that is something that's draining and it's nice to go either for the purpose of consumption or the purpose of creation to go to a place that doesn't require a lot of you and that is something mm -hmm. place that you can write that's something that is just that that softness and that good that goodness where you don't have to it doesn't have to be dramatic the people can just talk to each other and the people can you know be with each other and tell each other how much that they care about each other and just think of new and inventive ways that they can show each other that and that that is probably not something as a book that would necessarily get published but it is something that is that is nice to experience i have to agree i think if you were to go to the traditional publishing route it probably wouldn't get as mainstream as a book that has a lot of drama within it mm -hmm. and has a lot of character flaws that are so front and center and you know that drives the story but i think i think that's one of the good avenues of self-publishing is that you can try you can self-publish a book on amazon digital form and you know if someone mm -hmm. wants it bad enough they can order it in paper form but i think it'd be cost prohibitive mm -hmm. but they can get it there, you know, e even if it's not something that you could win through mainstream publishing, you might win through your own kind of publishing. And, you know, if you build up enough of a following on fan fiction or AO3, I feel like maybe they'll follow you and listen to or want to read your more non-fandom offerings. But I mean, who knows? I haven't I haven't spoken to enough people to see if that's a theory that could even bear fruit. Well, you know, anything, anything is possible. And I do know there are some fanfic writers out there who, um, 
have gone a little more self-publishing just off the top of my head. Um, obviously there's, there's super core zine, um, mm-hmm. which I think are currently taking applications for, I want to say volume four. Um, yeah, I applied for that one. Yeah, me too. So we'll, we'll see. Um, and which, yeah, that's great. Cause, and that's a little more, uh, collaborative and, um, not for profit. They, they, uh, donate the profits to that, to many, uh, fantastic charities. And I think Trevor project is what stands out. If I remember that. Um, yeah, I think that's the one for this time. Uh, so that's, that's a really great example of something tangible made out of fanfic, which tends to be very digital. Um, at the same time, and I think it's, I think the author's handle is HR winter, uh, who is another, uh, super core fanfic writer who, uh, writes a number of things has recently, um, physically published uh, a couple of versions of their stories. Um, and so that's a, that's a good example of someone turning something, especially with a self-publishing route, turning something into something, not only tangible, but something that, that is certainly born fruit, um, you know, and it's not necessarily about making money, but obviously that's, that's something that they are doing and it's, that's kind of amazing. And that's, that's one of the great things about the internet and, um, that we have these new routes to kind of break through, especially with self-publishing that Mm -hmm. we can have non-traditional forms of this and it's it's no coincidence at all that those non-traditional forms tend to be associated with non-traditional representation as well so when you 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 know it's the oldest thing in the book when you don't see the thing kind of things you want out there you have to write them yourself it's nice that it um archive of our own and um fanfic.net makes it more able to become more mainstream and so, mm-hmm. like, where in the past, people probably would not have been able to as easily do it and get it onto a platform that would be so heavily read, in, read and viewed, it's, it's kind of a nice progression that we've gotten here. Not that we don't have our own troubles and, you know, challenges, but it's nice that it's become something that's a little bit more easy to consume and find. Yes, I... I... I agree, and it's uh, it's nice that we have these platforms that allow people to express themselves in a way that you know that is putting out there for other people to enjoy. And I, you know, I can't say enough good things about how great that is. <laughs> so, if you weren't a writer, or what would you be doing instead? Oh, you know, writing on the walls of some mental institution. Uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's a that's a good question. It's one of those things that I there's a lot of answers I'd like it to be. I know what the answer would probably be, and that would probably be a, I would be a teacher, um, um, just because that is something that's in my blood. Uh, both my parents are, were teachers; they're now retired, and it's something I do. Um, something I did a little bit more before we had to, you know, stay at home. Uh, I am a part time tutor, so it's something that I've done for many years. So I know if if writing wasn't as big a part of my life or if writing wasn't as much a goal for me now to kind of have, if, if that's going to be a career, you know, which would be nice. If that wasn't as big a goal as it is in my mind, it would probably be that I would probably be um, a teacher or, and this is, this is entirely just, um, just dreaming um, possibly some kind of actor. Have you ever thought of like doing a Skillshare class? You know, now that you just mentioned it, no, I never have. But now that you mention it like that actually fills, I have a skill set 
I, I am good at teaching, so I have never thought about that, but that's a really good idea that I have to drop down right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can create it, and then once you've recorded it, basically you would just, you know, you would never have to do it again unless mm -hmm. you really wanted to, or you could make, um, or you could just use it as a platform to get other people to find you and things like that. Because oh. from what I... When I checked out your website, you had such great recommendations about your patients and, you know, making people feel good about themselves. Thank you. Yeah, that actually, I, I need another major project. Like I need a hole in my head, but that actually like that's lighting up some <laughs> some bells inside. So I might I might have to sit down and brainstorm about that because um, that that fills a lot of my skill sets. And that would be a nice little passive income if I could make that work. Yeah, thanks. That is a really good idea. You're welcome. You. I'm glad I could Thank help. Thank you. Yeah. So what is your greatest wish moving into 2021? You know, what's something that, you know, the pandemic's still going to be going on. It's not like it's going to go away. Everything's crazy and up in the air. It's cold. How do you want to move into 2021 now? I think... November, obviously, is already spoken for as far as NaNoWriMo, which um, as of recording, I'm just shy of that 50,000 words. But definitely by the time this is published, I will be beyond that. So um, awesome. that'll be my 10th awesome. year in a row completing that. But I think December, since I'm not going anywhere, uh, December would be a good time to sit down and plan how I'm going to get published. If if that's If that's a what do you want to call it? a resolution or a, a, a just a statement to the universe? Um, like to go into 2021 with a game plan for that. Um, I'm not going to fool myself into thinking that it's not going to take a lot of work and lots of months of, of planning and dealing with rejection. But if I could do anything, maybe this is just what I do for December, the little challenge I give to myself for that month is to walk into 2021 with a plan to pursue publication. Well, when you decide to publish and whichever book that ends up being, you can always come back on and talk about I it. Will, like. I will happily do that. So maybe this will help with your getting the word out there because who knows? It right? couldn't hurt. Doug, I want to thank you again for coming on. If you'd like to connect with Doug, check out the episode description for more information. And don't forget to subscribe and tune in on December 19th to listen to my conversation with Kendrine. Until next time, thanks for listening.